Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Everyone and happy holidays. It's so nice to have you here at USA Global TV and Radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, and our show today is The Listening Mentor. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you so much for taking this opportunity to share our experiences and education along with myself. We also have Caroline Heward. She's the Harley Street stress expert, and I'll be bringing her out in just a moment. So this program is all about educated uh, education and listening skills, listening at an elevated level. I got a little tongue tied there. And we also talk about relationships. We talk about how to bust your stress. Today, we're going to talk about top tips of 2022 to bust your stress. So let's welcome the Harley Street stress expert joining us from London. It's Caroline Heward. Hello. Woo. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, shake it up. <laughs> it's the penultimate day before the end of the year. Yes, it is. Are you staying warm there? Um, well, if the truth be known, my heating is on full and I'm very cozy. <laughs> I'm glad to hear because I remember last week you were cold. Uh, by the way, we have somebody saying hello. B, it's so nice to have you with us here. B Holloway, good to have you. Thank you. Hello. So, Caroline, I know and people who are watching the show on a regular basis know that you are an expert in many areas. And today we're going to really tap into that, your work as a therapist and helping people bust their stress. We were just talking a little bit backstage and, you know, sometimes the holidays are stressful for people, especially the end of the year, because we feel disappointed that certain things didn't happen. We feel frustrated. We're looking at other people and what they're doing and what they have. And of course, social media, we're always seeing the best of the best. And it causes people to really go to a dark place and other people have a great time. Let me have another drink. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me just party all night. And then of course, the reality the next day shows up when we have a whole new year ahead of us and we have a new opportunity to set goals and to really push our limits. So when someone calls you for an appointment, what types of things are they usually struggling with? Well, yesterday I had a call from someone that was uh, really stressed in a relationship. So I said, okay, then what's, what's been happening in the relationship and what's stressing you out? And I kid you not, this person had been in a relationship for, he said, five to six years. And I said, so what's wrong with it? He says, well, she doesn't talk to me anymore. She's not interested in, um, in having a conversation. She's always quick to, to leave um, my, my presence and doesn't want to connect too much. And I says, well, when did that start changing? And he said, well, she's been like that for the last, um, since more than half the time. So I said, okay, so um, why are you still together? And he said, well, she's in a different country. She's where I used to come from. And I said, okay, so so how long have you been apart? And he says, well, we've never met. Um, 
to that, I was I sort of had to gulp and say, well, you know, really, you've never met and you're in this relationship for five to six years and you've never met. You're not in a relationship. You're in a relationship in your head. Why have I described that to you? Because most people, they're living in their head in their stress. And when I said to him, well, all you need to do is stop communicating, even block her because she clearly isn't interested in, in being in a relationship with you. And he said, yeah, he said, I feel so much better. And it was because the relationship was in his mind. And this is where stress, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, behavioral, this is where we're constantly in the stress because we're thinking about it. We're analyzing it. We're in a conversation with ourselves in our stress. And so it tends to exacerbate it. So whether it's physical, whether it's physical ache and pain, whether it's relationship issues. So I do get a lot of people calling at this time of year with relationship issues. That one was easy. I wish all of them were that easy because he was really, really happy at the end of the call and said, thank you very much for helping me. <laughs> and, and he left with, you know, sort of a, a, a chip in, you know, a, a much more chipper experience and uh, expression when he left the call. Um, the other thing that uh, people call me about is when they're feeling depressed because there is a bereavement or there is a sickness that they're not able to contend or cope with. Caroline, I'm still back on the first one. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? Not to the same degree, but I do know of someone who was in a relationship with someone for, I think, six or seven years that was strictly over the computer. Yeah. And they really thought they were in a relationship. And when you would ask this person, why have you never met in person? The the other party gave them all these different reasons as to why. And, and so the person decided to call them out on it and they weren't available. That was the bottom line. They weren't available. So that was they were giving them the the least they could possibly give them and the other person thought it was a full-blown relationship and of course then there was the sadness thinking that they spent all those years just on a on a computer with a relationship so somebody else out there might think to themselves well what about when people were just pen pals and they would write back and forth to each other and and they developed some type of connection what would you say to that I did actually give him that metaphor as an analogy that it was he was in a relationship in a pen like a pen pal and he started to laugh because he says yeah I said, I said and how easy can you get rid of your pen pal you just stop writing you just you just stop <laughs> communicating and there's no big deal and he says yeah you're right this is so cool you know I never thought about it like that but you know this person was really really stressed out and uh, he was a chef and, and he said, you know, I know how to handle stress, he says, but I just can't handle this relationship. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, we're laughing and I don't mean to be laughing at him at all. It's laughing at the situation that we find ourselves in because it was quite it was quite sort of laughable. And at the same time, I really felt his pain, you know, five, six years in a in a, a non-virtual you know virtual reality relationship he'd never met her never kissed her never you know how can you be in a relationship like that it's nuts I think also what could happen is that the person becomes more and more withdrawn and their confidence level just goes lower and lower and they're afraid to even meet somebody in real life mm. 
Well, we certainly are in living in extraordinary times where we're very much connected to the computer and the phone, and we're very much in our social relationships in that way. So I can see for young people that this is now their way of communicating, and that will obviously cause some challenges when you're in the physical, you know, the real world. (laughs) Yeah. Now, wait, I'm going to call you on this because you know how I like to just test you sometimes Mm. because you're so good. By the way, none of this is scripted. We just go with the flow. So you are in London. I'm in Florida in the United States, and I consider us friends, but we've never met. Does that mean that our friendship doesn't exist? No, it doesn't. Uh, I'm not in a physical, intimate relationship with you. <laughs> well, thank God for that. <laughs> that would be a little different. I'd be suffering severe, non-intimate. <laughs> so, but in other words, you can have a relationship with someone over a computer, for example, in terms of business or friendship. Yeah. Just not a romantic relationship. I think it would be very tough to have a, a romantic, intimate relationship. Uh, Let me hold because... you, computer. <laughs> Let me give you a big hug. <laughs> it just doesn't, you know, compute. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so, well, thanks for sharing that for the reasons that people usually reach out. Obviously, that was a, a one-off, but especially during this time of year, and I'm not saying it's today or tomorrow or the next day, even the first three or four weeks of January, the whole month, people are going through a lot of different things. And that's a a time that they might reach out to you as well. Yes. um, In January, it's like all the build up to Christmas and New Year. And it's known as the January blues, where everything's being done. All the build up to Christmas and the holidays and being with the family or not being with the family and, you know, sort of all that celebrating and drinking or not drinking and all that food and that stuff that we do, the pantomime of that celebratory uh, extravagance moves people into a January blues where it's like sort of what's next and there's no bank holidays to look forward to in England we have a lot of bank holidays there isn't any in January Um, and certainly here in in colder climates it can be even worse because uh, then the nights are dark and longer Um, I'm not so sure it's the same when you're in sunnier climes and the you know, the days are longer, but certainly when the when the nights are longer and it's darker days and the weather's gloomy, wet and, you know, not so nice. But uh, our body and our mind tends to suffer because there's nothing to look forward to. The next real thing to look forward to then is Easter. Um, and that's not until the springtime. And so people sort of after all of that celebratory bliss and all that celebration and festive stuff is that they've come back down to earth and then they just have to kind of get on with it. And that can be quite diminishing for people to cope. You know, some people want to have that something to look forward to. So January is the time, especially if people have the money and the time, they book their holidays, they look you know, for what they're going to do when they're going to go away in the summer, because that gives them something to look forward to, or they're booking things in the spring and in the summer to um, start planning ahead and looking forward to having better times. 
And um, when the mood is low, this is when relationships can get difficult. This is when uh, our immune system can, can be lowered because we're not feeling so great. And this is also a time where relationships can suffer because if we're not okay, the world is not okay around us. You bring up a lot of great points. And I do know people who have broken up as a result of, you know, the, the holidays are over now and waiting for other things. It's always waiting for something to happen. <laughs> but uh, I think it's also, and I want you to, your therapist had to tell me if this is accurate or not. I think it's also a matter of your perspective and your perception. And what I mean by that is I started thinking about the Christmas holidays and I could be off on one or two, but I'm going to say pretty much across the board that since I got divorced in 1999, so it would have been 1998, I spent every Christmas holiday by myself without a partner. And I'm just used to it now. So at birthdays I've spent by myself. Um, I just had an accomplishment today that there's no one to celebrate with. And I'm okay with it because I have myself. I'm not looking outwards for for those types of accolades, there was a, po a point in my time in my life that I did. But what are your thoughts about that? Am I too far the other way? No, I, I feel that um, when you feel good in yourself and, and you're celebrating in your own way for yourself, then you are complete. That's how I look at it. You're a complete person not needing to be with someone else to share, to, to to have that accolade and that celebration and that joy. And so when you are in that space, then you will meet, sorry, I don't know whether you want me to really say this, you will meet another person that is complete too, that is happy in themselves and that is happy to, to be uh, in their own celebratory um, experience. And then you meet two, two complete people meet and then they're comfortable celebrating and sharing together and experiencing things together because they're both complete in their own way that you're not looking for a another person to bring bring into your life to make Christmas work or to make New Year work or to make Easter or bank holidays or you know times that were supposed to be you know in inverted commas were supposed to be in a couple um, and and that's the normal that's the natural that we should be and if we're not then we're we're not being real and we're not looking like we're we're perfect that's that's the place where if you're looking for somebody to complete you that will have a problem in itself because you won't find the completeness with that other person because they're a half of a person too because they're looking for that half I love that you brought that up because we discussed that on another show about looking for your better half, your other half. You're, so you're half a person looking for another half a person doesn't make a lot of sense. But when you are a, a full person and you do feel complete, I know you feel that way and I feel that way. Uh, many times in my experience, people want to fix you because there's something wrong with you. And I discussed this on an earlier show a little bit, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me to say, Hey, uh, we need to get you back out there. We need to fix you up with somebody. we got to get you into social life. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to do anything because I'm really happy with the way I am, but they look at me like something's wrong with me. Hmm. Well, that's the perspective 
and that is their way because they're they're putting on you what they think is right you know what I'd like to do is meet somebody that's kind of similar to myself and enjoys similar kinds of things so I can share some of the things that I do with them uh, rather than you know not share so I'm not looking for anybody and at the same time if I meet somebody it'd be lovely to share some of the beautiful things that I do you know with some of the ecstatic dances that I do and the um, meditations. I mean, I'm going to uh, a meditation, uh, a chanting and dancing meditation on New Year's Eve, which is going to be amazing for me. And I'm going to share it with a really lovely friend. And, you know, that for me is, is going to be a completely alcohol-free experience. And, and it's a place where I'm not saying, no, I don't like alcohol. It's it's saying that I'll be really high on life through the chanting. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. I'll float home. I know I will because I've gone to this, this uh, type of concert many times and I've always had a really wonderful experience. And it's that that I'd love to share with someone. She's putting it out there, people. <laughs> <laughs> You can email Caroline if if you're that person. <laughs> so, Caroline, when we we want to give some tips and some education, some hope and inspiration to people who are out there. Since we're talking about relationships now, let's just stay on that for a moment. If someone's in a relationship and they're not happy, but you know, New Year's is coming up, and then this is coming up, and that's coming up, and then the kids, and then you know, when is a good time for somebody to say, you know what? It's just not working. At the time that you're both in a place to have a, a frank conversation without feeling that you need to be one thing or another, you know, sort of an honest conversation. So not when either of you are doing something, um, because that doesn't work. A time when you're both calm not engaged in other activities, uh, maybe towards the end of an evening where you're both relaxed, had something to eat, and then have that frank and meaningful conversation. Because when you're distracted doing something else, then it's very difficult to have that conversation because then you're not totally present in the conversation of, hey, things are really just not working here right now. Thanks, Caroline. And what's a good way to bring up the subject? Is it, hey, you just don't do it for me anymore? Or, you know, just I'm kidding. But what can you say to someone that's not going to hurt their feelings, regardless of how you deliver it? Well, this is very um, personal, isn't it? You know, it's a, it, I can't put words into anybody's mouth, if that makes sense. It'd be very difficult for me to say, hey, this is the set of words that you use. And I would make it not about that the other person's wrong. Um, that's really, I feel quite important that if you say, you make me feel like this, you make me feel like that. So that makes me you know, wanna end this because I'm not happy. That's not a good way to end things. If, you know, I feel that um, to say that things have changed for you and you don't feel the same anymore. And, you know, you feel that it's time to cut the cords or time to let go of, of a relationship that that you've outgrown, you know, and then you're not making the other person wrong. I think it's very, very difficult when you start getting into that blame game and the shame game and making the other person feel guilty because relationships, they last for a reason. 
a season or a lifetime. And some relationships, you know, last for a long time and then they end. And it's because people change, they move on, they move into different interests. And, you know, many people split up, uh, they call it the midlife crisis, you know, in their 40s or 50s. And there's nothing wrong in that, because if you met the person, you know, when you were a teenager or early 20s, by the time you're 40 or 50, you will be a different person. And um, I certainly am not the same person I was when I was at school, when I was at college, when I was at university and when I was in the marriage. You know, I've changed a lot during that time. Uh, life has, you know, thrown lots of curveballs at me and I've changed with those curveballs and grown and feel very different as a person uh, than what I was when I was a teenager and when I was at school and when I was in my 20s and when I was in my 30s. So we're all like that. We all grow, evolve and change. Good points. I know some people struggle with the fact that they took vows till death do us part and mm. really believe that they have to go the distance with the person, even though both people are unhappy. Well, I was one of those people and, uh, you know, I was brought up uh, very much as a Christian and no matter how unhappy I was, I would never have walked away. Um, I was lucky that my then husband said it's not working. You know, he doesn't love me anymore. And he left. And um, that allowed me the space and the freedom to um, to begin again. I would never have ended it because that wasn't part of my makeup. I've now done a lot of training and therapy work since then, and I wouldn't put myself into that situation again. But at the time, you know, that was my belief structure. You know, sort of when I was growing up, my, you know, we will. We we came from a place where you make your bed, you lie in it. You know, if you get married, that's it. You know, it's for life. Um, but it's not It's not really that way anymore. The culture has changed a lot. And, you know, beliefs about staying with the person forever when it's not working, they're very much different now from the 50s and 60s, you know, when our, our parents got married. Um, and, and I believe that, you know, sort of if you're not happy, then it's appropriate not to have to feel that you have to stay in something that makes you terribly unhappy. And I love that expression that you have. What is it? People come into our lives for a season, a reason, a lifetime? Yeah. 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 That's friendship as well. You know, sort of friends come in for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And when some things kind of get upset or they don't work, um, sometimes I kind of look at it and think, oh, maybe the reason's done. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the, they've come in for a reason and now that reason is no longer valid anymore. And so then the relationship or the friendship ends, you know, when I've certainly experienced a few of those. And, uh, and it is upsetting at first because we'd like to make it very personal. You know, we like to think, oh, well, you know, they did this to me, they did that to me, and and you shouldn't have done that because we, we're human. We do that. You know, when you when I reflect, I realise, you know, it was for a reason. It was for a period of a period of time, and a lifetime doesn't mean your whole of your lifetime. It can mean a specific lifetime in a career, um, a, a a job. It can be an occupation. You know, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean for your entire lifetime. Absolutely. And sometimes people disappear, maybe we disappear, and there's a reason. 
and all parties know the reason and don't need to really discuss it. But other times people just disappear and we don't know what the reason is. Would it make it any better if we had a conversation about, hey, I don't want to be friends with you anymore because I've outgrown you or I don't think it's a great idea that we're friends anymore? Or do you think it's better just to slip into the night? Sometimes people find it very difficult to have those kinds of conversations. They find it difficult to, um, for want of a better expression, speak their truth um, because they certainly uh, are uncomfortable to be confrontational. So they don't want to say what's really on their mind. So for them, it's easier simply to go silent or to um, ghost you because they don't know how to express themselves. And that's not about you, that's more about them. Very true. And a lot of times there's growth in the silence. And we talk about that even when it comes to listening skills, that when someone is silent, they're processing the information, but yet the other party feels so uncomfortable that they just have to blurt something out or keep talking because, the silence is disturbing. It's off-putting to some people. Sometimes when people call me um, and they're telling me what's wrong, I will listen and continue listening until I feel there's a point that they've told me everything that they want to say. And then I say, right then, let's have a look at this. Uh, what they'll do is they will fill in the gaps, like they'll sort of blurt it all out and then they will give a little bit more detail. And then I might turn around and say, okay, then I've got all I need in order to be able to help you look at what's going wrong here. Um, but that silence, I just sit and listen, you know, and that silence is almost killing them because, you know, they might turn around and say, I think that's it. I've got nothing else to tell you. <laughs> and, and that's because I've allowed the space um, and it's important at the beginning to allow space for them to say everything because it might be that they, they only tell you the top line and what's really going on is much deeper. Absolutely. Now, what about if a person goes through something and they don't want to talk about it or they haven't talked about it for years, will it eventually be resolved or do they have to speak to someone? We are a product of our own experiences. And if we don't express how we truly think and feel emotionally, or verbally, what can happen is it will have an impact on the body and on our emotional health. So if we're not expressing our truth, that will affect the throat chakra, which is here, and that affects the um, uh, the thyroid gland. So the thyroid gland is related to the throat chakra. So if we're continually not expressing or saying our truth, um, the throat chakra will have some issues. So underactive thyroid, for instance, which is quite a, a major thing, you know, because um, uh, thyroxine is given from the doctors if there is an underactive thyroid, which will actually speed up the heart rate. Um, or overactive thyroid if you're kind of saying too much, but not actually expressing your truth. Um, this can actually lead to um, all sorts of uh, mouth or throat infections. Uh, for instance, uh, lots of actors and celebrities, um, singers, uh, they will have uh, operations on the throat because they're never really communicating their truth. They're always in role.
being someone else or being something else in terms of being on stage. Um, so you hear a lot of celebrities and singers and actors having throat operations and uh, growths removed from their throat uh, and their voice box because they're not expressing their truth. And it might be that there's anger there that's not being expressed. It might be that there's um, emotion that's not being expressed or simply not feeling comfortable to express how they really think and feel in their general situation in their everyday life. So, yes, that's just one example of not expressing how you truly feel can affect you. So if you're angry about something that can impact the body in terms of inflammations like um, arthritis, for instance, or um, if you're really angry, it can affect the spleen. Uh, it can affect the kidneys, uh, create kidney stones. Um, if you're really, really uh, emotionally bereft of uh, a bereavement, for instance, it can actually shut down the heart chakra, which means that you will see the world in a very dark place and life will be very challenging. So if we're not expressing how we truly think and feel in a general way, it has massive implications in terms of the way that we feel in life and the way that we experience physically, emotionally, mentally and behaviourally our relationships. And all of this can lead to stress that... Well, yeah, yeah. Physical, yeah. emotional, mental, you know, then the, the mind just keeps going and the mind instead of being connected to the emotion and the um, speaking our truth and, and expressing what we truly feel, then we shut down the emotions and feelings and the escape route is the mind. And the mind then becomes very mentally alert. And so then we don't feel, we exist through life rather than feeling and experiencing life. And to tag on to what you just said, one of the things that I am letting go of, I've really become quite aware of it, is my response to certain things. I can't control other people's behavior or the actions other people take. But for a lot of my life, I've taken it very personally. Oh, she did this. So she must think that. So now I'm going to do this. But I don't have to do anything. Whatever the other person's doing or not doing, I have to be accountable for how I'm showing up. And I've lately started asking myself, why are you feeling this way? Or why are you acting this way? And it's interesting, where I live, we have this walking or running path. It's two miles long. And I've been walking it or running it for 40 years. And I can remember the same spot on the path thinking, oh, I remember three years ago, I was obsessed about this. And now I'm obsessed about that. And you just kind of catch yourself in, in these similar patterns. But yet I'm able to say, okay, I'm letting that go. I'm releasing that. And I think when we're not able to do that, it causes us a lot of stress because we're imagining scenarios that are, who knows how far-fetched they are. You know, um, as an example, I remember I was dating somebody a long time ago and they just ghosted me for a long time. And I was calling the hospitals. I was like calling the police departments and you and I have discussed this. And the bottom line was that the guy just didn't want to see me anymore, but he didn't tell me. But yet I'm imagining all these things. I'm getting completely and totally out of control 
when whatever scenario I imagined, it didn't matter because this person made a decision to do something and I decided to get out of control because I didn't know what the decision was. I just thought, oh, this doesn't make sense. This is um, when we're totally in the mind. The mind just like creates all this stuff and none of it's real. It's imaginary and it's, it's, but it's real for us because we're feeling what we're thinking and we're then responding internally to that upset and the drama, the, the whole scenario that we're playing through in our minds. And that's it. It belongs in our minds. It's not actually reality that we can work something up into a, a complete spinny top. You know, we can really work our, work our way all the way up and be really upset and angry and nothing's happened. It's, it's all in our mind. And this is how when we are stressed, we can be living, that we will build something up in our mind, whether it's a future thing or a past thing. And it's not actually happening in this current moment. It's happening in your mind. And we are the the actress, the actor. We are the movie star of our own movie. <laughs> and, I like and, that. And we are, you know, sort of creating everything. I mean, it's just a whole drama, soap opera drama. And when we realize that we do that, we can actually create some nice things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do we never have any nice things? It's always bad. And it's exhausting, isn't it? Oh, geez, it's so debilitating in terms of your energy, because if you're focused on all the negative stuff, then what happens is energetically, everything follows. And so we will feel really down and we're feeling really down for no good reason. Just worked ourselves up like a little spinny top in our mind. <laughs> and, and it's not real. <laughs> And it, I mean, we're laughing and at the same time, because, you know, I express it this way so that you can see it, you know, because when when we're in it, we we're not laughing. We're highly hysterical and angry and upset. But, you know, I'm describing it like this because you'll be able to see it. You know, you'll be able to look at it over there and you'll say, yeah, that is what I do. I wind myself up like, like a little spinning top and I can see myself going round and round. And, and for what? Because it's all in your head it's not real. Yeah, it's it's all in your head. I remember after I got divorced, I was very happy, but um, went into another relationship and would just put on like really sad music so I could just cry. His, like the same song over and over again, going through all these scenarios and this and that. And one day I just said to myself, how much time have I actually wasted crying about things that have who knows if they happen or they didn't happen instead of putting energy into something where we can make ourselves feel good we put energy into things that just bring us down why is that well there is um a place for grieving there is a there is a, a moment in time if a relationship ends if something happens that's difficult that we do need to allow space to express the emotions and so putting on a lot of sad songs, if there's a relationship breakup, would seem appropriate because that's part of your mood. But being in that situation three years later or four years later or 10 years later isn't very sensible and it's not helpful. 
that this is what we do. So if there has been a recent bereavement, it's completely okay to grieve, to cry, to be upset. And we might be drawn to things that will um, make us feel uh, upset or saddened. You know, we might be drawn to music that will make us cry because that can, music connects us to our emotions, which is really, really helpful. And so it is a cathartic experience for many people uh, to, to be in that space of emotion. And it's not a bad idea to be like that when something has happened and it's happened very recently. But when you're in that space five years later, six years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, then that's the time to worry. And that's the time to call you <laughs> five years before, actually. So, so that's a question I'll ask you before we close out. So when is a good time if a person is struggling with something or the relationship doesn't feel right? When is a good time to call a therapist? Do you wait until, you know, you can't even function anymore or you're just crying constantly? Or do you realize something's going on and then you reach out? Because I think I'm giving you a lot of information, but I think where people struggle is they feel like they can fix it themselves. I know what I can do. Let me try to fix it myself. And then they can't. And by the time they get to you, you know, they could have saved themselves a lot of pain. I absolutely get what you're saying, because many people do that. Now, Einstein had an amazing quote. He said, you cannot um, solve the problem in the same consciousness that you created the problem. So if, you if you've got a problem and you've created it, there's no way that you're in the right, in the same consciousness going to be able to solve it. So that's why when you share a problem with someone, it's always interesting that they see a different perspective and they're actually more in a place to be able to show you things that maybe you didn't see that the other person can see plainly and as clear as day. And so when you're in a situation, in a challenging problem that you can't find your way out of and you are suffering, it is always best in that space of awareness. This is the key. When you're in awareness that something is really not working for you, that's the time to reach out and ask for help whether it's a friend that you reach out to or a therapist. It really just depends on you and where you feel comfortable. It's first of all to be in a state of awareness that there is a problem because if you can't see there's a problem, no one can help you until you see that something's not right and something's not working. Absolutely. And I think one thing that we've really learned as a result of the pandemic is ask for help. And it doesn't have to be a crisis. It can be something that you're just not sure of, that you, you want to follow your intuition, but you have questions. And it helps to just run something by someone else. That doesn't mean you're looking for them to give you an answer. You're just looking for someone to listen for you to, to bounce ideas off of. Absolutely. It's, it's integral in our times of change there's been a lot of change in the recent three years that all of us have had to cope with and all of us have had to adjust in many different ways our working our, um, our the way that we socialize our way that we do things in our everyday and uh, it's important to be honoring of yourself in those challenges and those changed 
ways of having to handle things. Many people have lost their jobs. Many people have changed their careers. Many people don't have the financial um, capacity that they used to have. And so they're not able to do all the things. And some people are earning so much money, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but they're still unhappy. You know, so we're, we're all, you know, there's, um, there's a mixed bag of uh, people's experiences and challenges and it doesn't mean that the person that's earning tons of money is the happiest at all it, it means that we're all having our own individual challenges and it's important to recognize when we're in a challenge and feel comfortable to reach out and say hey you know this is can we talk you know this is kind of on my mind this is not working because it's in that place of honesty because we might not see what somebody else can see. Absolutely. I totally agree. I concur. It's time to close out for Pet Psychic Amina. So before we do that, Caroline, we have your information, but for people who can't read the banner, or they're listening on a radio station or a podcast platform, how can people contact you and book in for a session with you? Well, you can reach me on No More Stress. That's uh, the three words as they are. No more stress at live, L-I-V-E Offer a free 30 minute stress buster uh, consultation. That's you give me uh, the parameters of what the problems are for you. And I will identify the root cause of one symptom. This will alleviate your experience of the stress as you experience it now and you will feel more peaceful and you will get an incredible night's sleep. Or you can call me on plus 44 if you're international, zero if you're local, 7523-120-189. I literally want to help you bust your stress. And if you want more of me and you have more symptoms, then we can talk about a package to help you literally bust your stress so that you feel more peaceful in every aspect of your life. Yeah, bust that stress. Get it out of here. Goodbye, stress, and hello to a nice, peaceful 2023. Or if it's not going to be nice and peaceful because everything's not always peaceful, getting the tools to deal with whatever might come your way is really important so that you can be a whole person like the two of us, two holes. <laughs> Make a lovely big um, sort of <laughs> combination. I do want to say, because this is my last show with you um, in uh, 2022, I want to say thank you for being an incredible uh, person to work with, an incredible host. I've really enjoyed The Listening Mentor in 2022. And I look forward to more shows in 2023 and sharing more wisdoms and having more fun uh, with our audience. And um, I want to wish everyone an absolutely delightful, peaceful and happier 2023. Caroline, back at you. I feel the exact same about you and you have brought so much value and you've grown so much, even though you were already professional you, I just have seen you grow so much as a result of your talking heads episodes and these shows. I ask tough questions that, you know, 
I don't give you any time to think about them. And then after you get one, you get another one and you just show up at the highest level because you are a true professional. And I also want to announce that you have earned our President's Club Award, which I'm super excited about. I don't think I posted it yet. Uh, so congratulations. The uh, President's Award is only for certain people who have shown and demonstrated that they are committed to helping other people and that they are actively involved in what we're doing here in our mission and vision. And you are definitely one of those people. So in addition to being a show host, in addition to being an expert presenter in Talking Heads, in addition to being an elevated listener, in addition to being the star of uh, two of our book series, you just are a bright light in this world. And I have so much love and respect for you. So thank you. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just, I'm just loving it. I'm really, really loving it. And, you know, I close out my year being, you know, super happy with what's been achieved from my perspective on USA Global TV. I really, really am. Um, excited about what's coming up because we've done so much in this last year and i'm excited for our viewers too um that tune in because usa global tv and radio is just expanding and getting bigger and it's getting more more exciting as it goes on so thank you and thank you for the recognition i really really appreciate that and to earn the rookie award i mean yes. you know. <laughs> rookie of the year award I mean, I really have climbed mountains to get my tech working. <laughs> so, and uh, that's because the reason is bigger than my block on the technology. Uh, my reason for being here and for showing up professionally as a broadcaster is much, much bigger than my, you know, me hiding under the duvet of non of being a non-tech person and that's that's because it's much much bigger than me you're here for a reason and uh the technology allows us to give the information and education and you have mastered that technology so kudos to you for that and i'm very excited to work with you again in next year and our show is coming back so thank you again and i wish you a beautiful holiday and we'll be in touch i think we have a few things we want to chat about so thank you so bye-bye and see you in 2023 <laughs> see you in 2023 see you next week we'll see you also for the spelling bee i forgot about that the spelling bee competition oh absolutely that's monday yes. yeah that is monday okay fantastic Wonderful. all right bye for now my friend bye-bye <laughs> bye and thank you to each and every one of you who have been watching, who have been listening, who've been commenting, liking, and getting the word out that we are here. I do want to announce that I have been working behind the scenes so that we have a brand new introduction. We have new music. We have a new logo. So there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. And uh, it's a good thing that I love what I do. I can't wait to get up every day and see what will I create today. And that's all because of the inspiration that you, our guests, our audience, our team bring and, and how you're all showing up. So I wish you the happiest of holidays. And remember, if this holiday is causing you some stress, it's one moment in time. 
It's one day in a lifetime. And I just look at it that way. And what can we create? How can we help each other? How can we, as humanity, come together and find and create a world of peace? Thank you again. God bless you all. I'll be coming back very soon in the next 10 minutes with Pet Psychic Amina. And then our show, The United Kitchens, for today only, will be following Pet Psychic Amina. That's a change in our schedule just for today. Thank you again. Bye.